0: Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Kristen.
0: And today we are going to revisit a topic that we talked about a little while ago that is uh, leaving the cloud. Um, so I think we talked about that with Chris a, wh- a while back, if I remember right. Um, you, you, Chris? No, no, no. Um, um, no th- I think that was by our, I think we were. Oh, was it? It was just us. Okay. It's, it's been a long week anyway um yeah we did have a show about that um you said you had some new things that you wanted to, to bring up on that topic so that's what we're going to talk about today but before we do we can review how's your week
1: oh man I am my time is just there's just a big time suck I, I have no time mostly because again for view, regular viewers of the channel what we've started doing is actually making short clips of some of the videos, like trying to pick out, uh, you know, significant. Cl- some people don't want to sit and watch, you know, an hour long video, um, but maybe they want to watch a 10 minute video or 15 minute video on a particular subject. So what we're doing is we're adding chapter marks to all the episodes that'll take a while to do mm-hmm. and then creating clips from them and publishing them. So there's more content for people to be able to check out uh, and part from that is coordinating all of that work because we're <laughs> having some assistance helping with that and just the coordination, the back and forth. It just just takes a lot of time, time to do it. yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm that's to way too much time, and I need to get back and focus on some of the other things I'm doing. I'm also working on the course that I mentioned, and I'll have again more details in a couple of weeks. Again, this is a Postgres course. Um right now ninety nine percent confidence it's primarily about making Postgres faster in terms of query optimization and things of that nature, so more from something that a developer could use to get database superpowers basically oh cool. so what about you?
0: well, um, I've had a extraordinarily busy week uh because um Friday last week the company announced that we had we've just bought out our biggest competitor. Wow. Um, so we are in the process of merging that team into our team and so there's a you know and they actually had a a, a bigger engineering team than we did from what I understand. So there's going to be a whole lot of change management going on and uh, oh man that's been that's been taking up a good good portion of of the week um, that that I wasn't off I was actually off of work I, I took a, a brain break um, I was out Friday Monday and Tuesday um, and I just completely disconnected from things I you know I turned off slack I turned off my notifications I turned off I stayed off of Twitter I stayed off of everything um, I didn't even return texts and calls for the most part um, because I just needed to completely disconnect so i did and i feel a lot better um cool. so um but yeah oh, you I, may be
1: asking periodically what's going on
0: what happened it, <laughs> i've been doing that all day yesterday and today i was like what is happening what's i finally caught up with my email though so that's good um but yeah the the new videos are looking good and and thank you for doing that because i don't have I do the live production stuff, but then Creston handles all the, the back end
1: fun well, things.
0: <laughs> thank
1: you. Thank the partners in crime, uh, Rajiv and Ranzone, because they're, they basically made it happen. I'm just like, we need to do this. <laughs> Help me make it. So, yeah.
0: So. But they seem to be doing pretty well. And I've gotten some, I've already gotten some good feedback from, from community about it and I had some people reach out to me and, and saying they really really liked that. So we'll we'll continue doing that as long as you folks keep liking it. We'll continue doing it. So, you know, if you if you haven't go check out the shorter form videos, throw some likes on there cuz it helps the algorithms, helps our show grow and the more we have show growth, the the more cool things we can do for you guys. So, there you go. Um all right. So, meat of the video, we we are going to revisit Leaving the Cloud. So do you, give us a little recap of of kind of what we talked about last time.
1: So basically, this was prompted by things that 37 Signals is doing. So they were, I can't remember what, what the exact impetus or what was the trigger point. It's basically, I guess, just their cost spend was out of control and they started mm-hmm. for their infrastructure. So they started examining I mean, just started thinking differently about it. And the thing that I think was probably a cause for it is that they were looking at AWS's profit margin. And it was almost 30% from the original blog post they were talking about. Mm. So they're they're like, they're making that much money doing these infrastructure as a service. And we're spending so much time trying to maintain our infrastructure. Like we thought the cloud was going to make things easier, but really we've become super detailed accountants in trying to shave off every last penny to get the costs as low as possible, as opposed to actually doing technical work. Yeah. And they debated, Hey, could we decloud ourselves basically? <laughs> and and he phrases it a different way in a future blog post, he said, create our own sovereign cloud, basically get a co-location facility. And this is something they had done in years past. Right. But get a co-look, and they were still doing it for some of their applications, but get a colocation facility, put a bunch of servers in it, you know, partition them into virtual machines and then run their infrastructure that way. So they said, they basically explored, hey, could we do this? What would the cost be? And they came to came to the conclusion that, yeah, we could save a significant amount of money by doing this. So much so that, you know. Uh, David Hennermeyer Hansen was saying, You know, I was looking at this as like, what can I do to make X million of dollars over the next few years in terms of new products or new services or change? And he's like, I'm struggling to think of it. Whereas this thing is sitting right here and I know a way to save millions of dollars potentially. You know, that was mm-hmm. the promise. So he said, I can't not do it or explore to try it out. So basically, right that's the path and what they started trying to do. So that's kind of what we covered. And I, you were saying, and I, you know, you were of the opinion at the time, this is when we we're doing our show that it was like, yeah, that's, that's a one-off. There's not going to be other companies doing, or not very many other companies, particular big companies, because they're so invested in what they're doing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but there's, there's a point at which it makes sense. I mean, maybe I was a little on the, um, smaller, not saying you have to be small, you do have to get a certain size because there's no way I would do this because I am not of that size. But once you have enough to have three, four, five ops engineers, then it starts becoming, hey, you can start taking a look, you know, if that makes sense to do.
0: Right. And I think one of the other things that we were kind of pointing out is that he's going back to kind of the way things were 20 years ago, bringing all the, the infrastructure sure. in-house, you know, because we we spent 20 years ago, we were spending all our efforts trying to get the infrastructure out. Now, you know, he's trying to bring it back in. So I, I just, I thought that was funny, but.
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, what happens is, is that, yeah, I mean, everyone was doing because of like, hey, we don't want to deal with this. But then now, I mean, here's the thing that we were talking about something else. Oh, I can't remember what we were talking about or if it was, it was somewhere else. Basically, when the times are good in terms of economy and whatnot, it's like they, it, it, the cost is less of a consideration. But now mm-hmm. when the economy's starting to sputter, if not starting to downturn, then people are like, oh, then costs get examined a lot more carefully. And so I think... This may cause some people to consider looking looking at the cost and say, hey, does this make sense to explore?
0: Which, you know, I don't understand to a point, because from a business perspective, a dollar of reduced cost is the same as a dollar of increased profit on your bottom line. So why wouldn't you always try to keep your costs as low as possible and pay attention to that? Because that's actually less. It costs less to reduce costs most of the time than it does to get new customers and increase profits. So, I, I don't, I don't understand that way of thinking. Maybe it's just not as sexy to be playing around with cost reduction as it is to be selling and getting new customers or something. I don't know.
1: Well, when the when there's great flow and everybody has money and it's just like, you know, they keep getting more money. It's like here, budget for. More servers, oh, things are slow. It's quite easy to say, oh, things are slow. All right, then just get a bigger server. Like, cause we've got all these other quote unquote fish to fry, right. you know, new features, get new customers. Whereas if suddenly now cost is a major concern, you know, you have to change your perspective of like, okay, now everything must be performing. We must squeeze as much out of this as possible. You know, it's not as easy to make a new sale, you know, right. when there's a downturn. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, let's Shift to cost-cutting measures.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, yes, you're right, and I think that's the prevalent way that things go, but, you know, if if I paid attention to costs all the way along and I kept my costs as trim as they could, costs wouldn't ever become a major concern.
1: Yeah, so, and there's... I'm not saying it's it's totally ignored, but I think... No,
0: but it is a lot.
1: Yeah, but I think... At least in this case, the 37 signals case, you know, they were apparently keeping very close track of things, Yeah. but it became to the point where it's like, I don't know what was as a trigger point, but it caused them to say, Hey, what if, and then Mm -hmm. as they looked at the, what if they said, oh my gosh, it's kind of like just thinking differently. Or like, like if we do this potentially unheard of thing, we can say, a lot of money, potentially, and we could do it, so.
0: Yeah. So you said you got some new information and wanted to talk about it. So what's what's changed?
1: Really, just more information with the result of their transition, and then a new post that I'll actually cover as well that has even signif- even more significant cost savings. Hmm. So, um, so in February, this past February, the original post, let me just say, was in October of 22. So a year. So, yeah. So this most so, going forward in time, this is February. So this past February, they had a blog post that says we stand to save seven million dollars over five years from our cloud exit. So basically, they stand, standard. Excuse me, they could save up to like one point two million per year for the next five years, is what they're projecting. Mm-hmm. And another thing that they were talking about is that. So what I didn't know, and I found out reading some of these blog posts is that they're still rocking Capistrano for a lot of their deployments. I was like, really? I like, I didn't expect that. I mean, I'm still using Capistrano just because if something's working, I usually do change.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But uh, not all their applications, but some of their applications, they're using that other applications they were using, Containers and um, you know Kubernetes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, they their initial idea to do this cloud move was like, well, we already have this container infrastructure we're using for certain things. Why don't we just get our own servers and then get, I guess, some sort of um, get like with an enterprise Kubernetes uh, vendor, they said or provider and basically install their software in their system so they could coordinate all their containers using Kubernetes. Mm-hmm. And basically, they again hit big dollar signs. That's basically yeah. what this post is talking about. And they're kind of like, you know, then they started reexamining, again, how do we think different? You know, yeah. what can we do differently? And around this time is where, in this, well, let me take a step back. So this blog post talks about that projection and they were talking about the hardware that they were going to purchase what their bills are worth with AWS currently. But at that time in February, they were projecting saving $7 million over five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So with that, talking about the containerization part of it, they started developing something called MERSC. And we did mention MERSC in the show that we did. And it was basically a replacement for Capistrano. But as opposed to Capistrano directly doing all sorts of bits of configuration to deploy an app, more using shell commands and whatnot, MERSC, which it has a new name, which I'll mention in a second, actually took the concept of pre-built containers and just deploying them to a server. So it would install Docker on the server and it would take that container, just throw it on the server and turn on the container and everything would work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the pre-work was done building your container. And so you just needed, you know, a server with Docker and a few other bits of configuration and you just throw your container up there and it works. So that's what Musk was trying to do, deploy that. And actually the new one, I don't know why they changed the name. Maybe they thought it was, I don't know, it was copyright related or they came up with what they felt was a better name, but it's called Kamal now. So basically, which actually has a meaning. I think it's something, I'll have to look it up again. It's something like a historical navigation term. Well, you're you're Googling it. Kamal? Yeah, K-A-M-A-L.
0: Okay. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, go ahead.
1: (laughs) All right, so that's kind of the state. They decided to say, all right, we're going to go for, you know, MERS, Kamal, whatever it is, and we're going to kind of roll our own solution to to deploy our containers to our own servers. So they were going to stay with Kubernetes, but that kind of fell to the wayside, you know, It was a lot of complexity they were dealing with, because you have to remember that they have about six or seven applications that they intend to maintain and run until the end of the internet, as they say. So they have some that are containerized and some that were not. So Mm -hmm. basically, their experience using Kubernetes for their most recent app, Hey!, they had a lot of pain with using that. So I think this was also an impetus for them to say, hey, let's not use Kubernetes anymore. Let's just yeah. use a container switcheroo infrastructure focused on simplicity.
0: So here's here's what the name means. Kamal okay. is named after the ancient Arab navigational tool used by sailors to keep course by determining their latitude via the pole star. It's Okay. <laughs>
1: Ancient navigation term. Yep. What that has to do with deploying containers and servers, I don't know, but there you Got go. Got me, but there you go. <laughs> or maybe they're like, this is the new way we're going to travel now. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So that's that's pretty much the state of, I guess, February, May, February-ish, or maybe even part of into 22. Mm-hmm. And so then they posted another update in May and titled cloud exit pays off in performance 2. so at this point they had mm. converted one of their apps over and they were seeing significant uh, performance boost with it as well um like they had a median requests go from 67 milliseconds when it running in the old cloud infrastructure to 19 milliseconds on their own server oh. so essentially a threefold performance improvement essentially for median performance time,
0: do they explain why?
1: Um, <clears throat> so it says that they were running on EKS and AWS. Well, here's the thing: they're using bare metal servers with super fast NVMe storage right on the box, whereas I imagine they're using maybe they were probably using. Um, elastic block storage on AWS, which would mean you have to do network transfers to the disks. Like my experience working with working with some clients, direct-attached NVMe drives will smoke anything that EBS has mm. at this point. So they they do talk about it. It's hard for me to read the blog post and remember sure. at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I know from experience that um, it's a struggle to have to get EBS up to the point as a locally attached NVMe drive. So much so, I mean, even AWS is offering direct-attached storage for certain use cases in their their boxes anyway hmm. because they know it's not as, you know, the network, essentially it's network-attached storage is not as yeah. performant or it's you have to really spend Boco bucks to get it close to that. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just due to... The, it is newer hardware than they're provisioning on AWS. So that's a, you know, newer hardware, direct attach, very fast storage, I think is a big component of it. I don't see any other specific details about that. But hmm. anyway, so they got some good performance improvements with doing it. Um, they had another um, post about uh, where basically david had offended apparently people saying we're leaving the cloud like you're not leaving the cloud you're still on the internet he's like yeah 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 so he's like all right we're we're doing a sovereign cloud then does does that sound better <laughs> <laughs> it's our own it's not somebody else's which we've had the terminal terminology private public cloud but i yeah. guess he wanted to come up with a new term you know always the marketer anyway <laughs> yeah
0: so they're getting better performance for less cost okay yes. but but what's the catch gotta be a catch right they
1: no i mean there will be no catch if you run your shop efficiently because think of it aws having 30 percent profit margins they essentially saved a third by moving to their own stuff.
0: Right. Well, so in other words,
1: ABS, AWS was taking that profit when they're running it themselves efficiently. Now they get to keep that 30% profit, which they were spending about 3.2 million AWS. Now they get an extra million dollars a year. So as yeah, opposed to that going. To,
0: isn't that to offset the by the people you have to hire to maintain it internally?
1: they didn't change the number of people because the amount of staff they had learned, knowing the aw they said they haven't changed internally any staff members they haven't increased uh-huh. they haven't decreased it's just they take different responsibilities like before like a, that's what i was saying in the beginning maybe they were more cost focused in analyzing things now they're actually doing more oh, uh, actual you know technical work uh-huh. as opposed to accounting based work
0: Okay, so and they didn't they, have to increase their manpower, they just had to shift their manpower.
1: It, right. That's how they've phrased it essentially. That's my interpretation of reading, you know, essentially these blog posts. So
0: cool. Well, I mean, right. that's a strong case for leaving the cloud if if you're big enough. I still I yeah, still think that's what I was saying. That's once you the, have yeah.
1: once you have three to five ops people, you know, you have some redundancy and things like that. And as long as you have the skill set. Then you can start considering it, I would think. You know, so, um, and then there's two more updates, at least with regard to this. The next one is in June, he says, Okay, we have left the cloud, and it happened super fast, faster than he anticipated. Basically, in six months, they had moved everything off. Wow. And he's already showing the uh, oh, where was it? No, it wasn't here, was it? Um, I think. This one, and they said now our projections are we're going to be saving at least $1.5 per year. Oh. So.
0: I mean, that's, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. And it all depends on how, you know, how big, how much of the infrastructure you're using. And then in September, so again, more recent. So this is kind of why I wanted to revisit it. There's all these things that have been happening. Mm -hmm. So in September, he says, our cloud exit has already got yielded $1 million per year in savings. So, and he shows this bar chart of their costs going (laughs) as they migrated things off and as reservations um, basically expired because, you know, if you're, well, I don't know how much you know, but the cheapest way to run AWS servers is to reserve them for a year, two years, three years. Right. So you have those reservations for a while, so they're still having to spend a certain amount of money. But as it, you know, as time goes by, that there's less cost right. being demanded from AWS. Um, wow. Yeah, he says it could get up. He's projecting it might be able to get up to two million dollars a year. It's hard to say that,
0: but sure.
1: Yeah. So basically, so far if you believe what he writes it looks like it's been a big win for them
0: yeah i so. mean i was i was a bit skeptical about that not not that you could save money and not that it was really expensive for very large companies to be on the on the web on the cloud but it 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 just seemed to me like all the offsets all the trade offs all the other stuff you'd have to bring in to replace that would kind of wash all the savings away. But I guess I guess it's not. I mean, that a million well, to a million still... and a half a year is not anything to sneeze
1: at. I mean, they had a lot of, I guess I'll call it institutional knowledge. So mm-hmm. they had been running their own things. I think some of the apps, they had never fully cloudified or, or however you want to phrase it. Mm. So it was kind of like, all right, let's take what we're doing and... I think the containerization and not worrying about Kubernetes, because then they would not have saved as much money if they had to hire someone and in Institute Kubernetes, but they went rolled their own solution with Kamal um, that's much more simple to deal with that allowed them to manage it much more easily. Then I think that's where they said, oh, wow, we can do this and save you know, a fair amount of money and not have to hire additional people to manage it.
0: I'd kind of be interested to know, too, A, were they doing Kamal anyway, or did they do it to accomplish this goal? And B, how much did that cost to roll? That's I'd be interested sure. to know that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, if they were doing it anyway, it's sunk cost, <clears> and that doesn't really apply here. But if they did it for the purpose of achieving this goal, then that's you know part of the cost of moving this, and that... You know, depending on how much that costs, that could be a significant offset.
1: Yeah, but I imagine it's, you know, a couple of developers' time working on it. I mean, it it is a relatively simple concept because they already had really all you're doing is just making sure Docker is installed on the machine, put a container on there and start it. And then coordinate being able to, when you're doing a deploy, put up the new version of the container and seamlessly switch over to it so i mean mean, it
0: could have been two two guys writing 10 minutes worth of scripts for all i know but you
1: know yeah well i mean i'm sure it's more than that but yeah 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 (laughs) so i i don't think it's it was that significant um of a lift or at least definitely not five million dollars worth or whatever
0: oh i'm yeah i'm sure it i'm sure it didn't completely offset the cost if it offset any of it but But I would just I'd be curious to know if they because it seems like that idea would be good whether they were leaving the cloud or not. So I'm not even sure that that's that was part of that goal.
1: Yeah, it's not clear to me at what point that was considered. Um, So I don't know if they were still thinking of it. I don't know if that was born when they were having frustration with Kubernetes hand how it was related to this or not? Because it sounded as if some of the logic was, you know, hey, you know, we could do this just by installing Kubernetes on our own servers and just move the containers we were already building and just put it on there. So we don't need to have AWS run it. We could just run it ourselves. But then maybe they had frustration with working with Kubernetes and why is this so hard? I and mean, this is, I'm paraphrasing things that my interpretation: What they're thinking, you know, why is this hard? It could be easy, you know. Right. So why don't we, you know, Docker's great. Why don't we just put it on there and then just do these few things and we can deploy? So it sounds like what they tried to do with Kamal. So,
0: so David, if you're out there listening, um, we'd love to have you on the show to talk about the behind the scenes kind of what what were the offsets of this? What did you have to put into it to get it to happen? Sound? I mean, I, I'd just be interested to know from a business perspective. Um, what kind of trade-offs you had to make and what um what it actually cost to achieve these cost savings um or what not necessarily the numbers but what what kind of costs went into achieving these cost savings um still it's pretty impressive though how this um how this worked out i was i was a bit skeptical seeing that because you know coming from back in the stone tablet days when we had all the infrastructure in house i know how expensive that you know getting a server box was not cheap and having the people to maintain those server rooms your internal server rooms and and keep all that stuff up to date it was a pain in the butt and it, you ended up either having to farm that stuff out and hire external infrastructure companies to come in and do it um or you had to hire employees that specialized in that because it was pretty much a full-time job and there was you know just even with with small businesses it's it was a significant cost and at the time, you know twenty twenty five years ago, when this stuff started moving to the to the cloud, it was a huge cost savings to go that way, right for small businesses well, I
1: think it still is for small businesses definitely yeah. there's no question you can just just stick it on the cloud. don't worry about it. but once you get to again a medium sized company where I, I guess the metric I've said multiple times is, you know, three to five literal ops people, or you're okay having that expense, then you could consider declouding
0: yourself. Right. But, and I'm, I'm wondering what the change was because 20 years ago, even really, really huge enterprise companies were saving money by moving things out of it, you know, getting them out of the house and moving them to the cloud. So uh, is it just that the cloud I, I, rates have gone up so much or that it's gotten I think less it's, expensive I think to keep it, things in-house?
1: I think it's two things. I think, number one, I think large organizations, there's just this cruft that builds up over time. These costs that build yeah. and the costs never go down. And a lot of times the easiest thing to do is why don't we just outsource it and essentially we take that you clear out all the cruft as opposed to doing the hard work of going in and excising it and, you know, firing people may or letting people go. Maybe, you know, it's more convenient or easier to say, we're just, whoops, sorry. You know, moving people, not moving people, moving our services to a consult, you know, consulting firm or this, we're contracting this stuff out now. Yeah. So I think that's one factor. And then the second factor is, um, I think because that move to the cloud has been rampant the past number of years, you know, the Googles, Microsofts, they, you know, Amazons of the world have been able to charge premium prices as, as people move over. So they can keep upping it. Like, I remember someone posted a couple, of, maybe in a year or two ago, looking at RDS prices. So RDS is their self-managed Postgres, or MySQL database service. So Mm -hmm. they run the whole database for you. And I think like version, and there were significant price jumps by version, meaning I think that's what it was, but it was some either by instance type, like a T2, let's say a T3 cost 25% more than a T2. And a T4 cost 25% more than a T3. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why is that? Or it was or it was by the version of the database. Whatever it was, whenever you the longer you stayed on it, and as you and if you wanted the newer stuff, the percentages grew by leaps and bounds. Yeah. So I think that's the other side of it. I think they are milking, you know, as much as as they can out of it.
0: Well, that's gonna I mean this if this exodus works and other very large companies take note of this and start moving off, that may end up driving the prices back down.
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it'll be like a pendulum exactly, yep. because you know, the cloud vendors will notice, oh crap, we're having people leave for the first time. We gotta buckle down and they start to buckle down and then you know, so it's it's basically this balance that has to happen.
0: Right. So Every 20 years, guys, get get ready to, you know, either move your stuff in-house or send it back to the cloud. Just, you know, well, keep fluid th- there.
1: <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, we had dumb terminals and yep. who cares about the client? <laughs> then we had client-server technologies where the client support. Now it's like, oh, no, just give me a server and all it needs is a web browser. Oh, no, now you got to build all the front-end complexity with the JavaScript frameworks. You know, it's constant constant pendulum back and forth
0: yeah um you know same now, thing with fashion i guess too it's...
1: <laughs> everything old every, is new again
0: every 20 years now, it comes back in
1: style now the other thing now there's another article that i had found i wanted to actually cover here too and this was <laughs> from march so and this is titled how hrefs have you heard of hrefs a refs? i don't know how to actually pronounce it the href like an
0: HTML code for links.
1: Yes, it's a h r e f s. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they pronounce p- pronounce it a hrefs or I don't know how they do it, but they do basically SEO optimization of your website. Hmm. They're probably because I was evaluating them as well as SEM Rush as another vendor. They're probably, the, I don't know if they're the second biggest or third biggest SEO firm, um, or not firm, but in terms of tool vendor to optimize your site for SEO. And the blog post was how Ahrefs saved $400 million in three years by not going to the cloud. Wow. Notice your eyes going back and forth there. So $400 million. Yes. So they purchased a bunch of hardware in a Singapore uh, co-location data center. And I don't know why they did the cost estimate. I'm sorry, I can't recall with regard to this one either. But as a per server cost, it was basically $1,500 per month. It will all included with server costs and um, electricity, basically everything for the co-location this facility. They tried to spec out something similar for um, AWS EC2. And at every point, they actually tried to give the benefit to um, AWS. In other words, maybe it wasn't as fast, or they they tried to get it as close as they could Um But it definitely wouldn't be as fast. Again, that mirrors something that uh, 37Signals found out where their performance went up.
0: Yeah.
1: But their cost savings after they calculated, and I think it's because of the disk-heavy nature and the performance that they needed, but they were looking at $17,000 per server as opposed to $1,500. Wow. So basically... It was basically a tenfold cost difference. So they could have 20 servers running their own infrastructure versus two servers in AWS.
0: My goodness.
1: Now, you know, you always have to take these things with a grain of salt, but... Right. That and performance measurement. But looking at this, it was like, well, if he, even if it wasn't 400 million, if it was 200, if it was 100 million still...
0: <laughs> that's- I might could live on that. That's,
1: that's, that's been so much so that this article was talking and all these articles I'll put in the show notes for this episode, but they basically said, you know, our whole revenue was $257 million. Um, over the last three years. So if we were to actually try to get AWS to do it, we would basically be operating at a loss. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Well, that's revenue, so I don't know if it's good. Basically, they wouldn't have enough money to pay for it. My so goodness. the only way that they they could do this optimally, basically, as they're saying, is by running their own stuff.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's not something I would have thought of. Not something I would have paid attention to, because I'm not on the infra side of things. I just I just deal with the code, but... Um, but that, I mean, makes sense. Cause I, I know, cause we use AWS in-house and for our stuff to host our stuff. And it's, it's really expensive, um, at the size we are. I mean, we're a multinational, a global company and it's, it's really expensive. Um, you know, the AWS bills every month. So,
1: and well, here's the, I mean, I use AWS as well, but mm-hmm. you know, the thing, it gets cheaper the less you ask them to do. Yeah. So what I mean is um, I predominantly, like I don't use RDS because again, I kind of know the Postgres database. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I kind of do my own, and then all my database just resides on an EC2 instance. So if you go the more commodity route, mm-hmm. like Hey just give me some EC2 servers got EC2 servers guys then it's pretty cheap you know they do my DNS too and a few other different things but the less you know value added servers services that you have cheaper it can be
0: Yeah Wow So uh final thoughts
1: So oh yeah there was a thought I had that just left my brain I hate when that happens dang oh so a counterpoint to this Mm -hmm. so you know we did say that smaller organizations it still makes sense to go to the cloud totally yeah Yeah. rather than like if you're an you know company with one location it doesn't make sense to make your own data center or get in a co-location center and get a server or two It just the, the economies of scale don't don't work out just get some cloud servers and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other case where I think it doesn't make sense to not go cloud is if you have highly variable um, load on your application, meaning like you are an event, a company that, or an application that does really large events. Mm-hmm. And it's like for a month, you don't do anything or very small events, but then you had this mega event five times a year or something like that. Right. Then it makes total sense to use the cloud or at least add it as a supplement, do a hybrid private public cloud. So run your servers there, but then the ease with which you can scale up suddenly to immense levels in the cloud makes a whole lot of sense because then you can just Ask for those servers on a temporary basis, and then you can decommission them. So mm-hmm. I think that that's another reason that it doesn't make sense to leave the cloud in that case.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that makes sense for the company I work at because we are we're event driven, and so we have cases where for some of our larger clients, we will once or twice a year have to scale their instances up and then back down uh, because we know there's going to be a big traffic spike because they're planning this weekend thing or whatever Um, so yeah and and
1: there are I'm sure there's a hybrid way to do it as well like you could run some of your own infrastructure that handles the base level but during those high volume times supplement with additional servers from you know other vendors excuse me from cloud providers
0: right well, that was that was interesting. I'm glad I'm glad we followed up on that. Well, I'd, I'll be interested to see how that turns out over the next couple of years uh, for them. I hope he keeps. I'm sure he'll
1: be talking on. about it if it's yeah. successful. So <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm sure. Um, so, um, it, it you know, if you're listening, let us know what you think in the comments about uh, when it makes sense to be in the cloud and when maybe it it doesn't. Um, do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Do you agree with DHH? Do you not agree with him on this topic? Um, it, (laughs) that, that, that's a little bit of a hot question there, I think. So, um, (laughs) I'll just, just this topic, um, you know, what, what do you think about that? We'd love to hear your, your comments, uh, below, uh, make sure you check out our new short form videos. Um, if you, you know, are running out of time or you just have a couple minutes while you're, while you're grabbing a cup of coffee to listen to something, uh, short, you know, these are five to 10 minute snippets of our live shows on particular. Uh, topics. So check those out, um, you know, and give them a like. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe. Uh, It'll help us out and help the show grow. Uh, Make sure that you join us on rubberduckdevshow.com. You can email us rubberduckdevshow at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at DuckyDevShow. And we are constantly looking for guests to come on the show and talk about topics and we are also looking for topic ideas so if you have any of those things put them in the comments below we will be back next week with something we haven't decided yet but we'll we'll let you know uh make sure that you you hang out on follow us on twitter so we can announce what we're going to be doing and you can keep up with all the goings on so until next week happy programming
1: happy programming